Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the SAP, the Sex Actually podcast. As always, it is your host, Dave Neal, with my co-host, Tasha Courtney. Hello, hello. I know Tasha's still trying to put her microphone or her headset together in there. This is a apocalypse episode. Look, here's the deal, guys. We are in the trenches of uh, virus warfare right now. The whole world fighting for the same cause. We thought it would take aliens to unite us. In turn, it just takes a microbe. I don't know if that's the actual term. Um, How you doing, Tasha? Are you surviving, thriving, jiving? You know me. I am thriving in self-quarantine. I am beautifully designed for self-quarantine. Tasha was practicing for this moment since I her can't hear myself at all. Oh, early teen years when she would uh, read harry potter alone in her bedroom underneath the covers with a flashlight she's been waiting for this moment she's got her netflix you know queued up a friend of mine i i still cannot hear myself it's so weird what what channel uh, are you on three well, it's, a, it's three tur- turn turn three up. up it's not up far enough i don't Keep need going. to blast my well one of my friends posted on Facebook that they just bought all of the Harry Potters on iTunes, and I'm jealous. But that's expensive. They're four dollars each. There's eight of them. Eight times four is thirty-two. Thirty-two dollars. Gotta get this poinsettia out of the way. We got a fucking dead plant right in between the two of us. We're literally talking about the apocalypse with a dead poinsettia right it's, between us. It's holding on. It's barely it's, holding. Eh, on. It's got the virus. <laughs> boy this is something isn't it and I, and it's like look p- part of me was like let's make an episode where people can escape from it but but i also think you've got about 350 of those episodes if you want and i think uh you know it's hard not to it's hard not to talk about what's what's got us moving we're both we both have work today i don't you don't have work i have work today and i know people are getting kind of shamed online for being out and about but um papa's got to make a few bucks so my work my work will probably leave me Oh, also, my work's going to have um, tons of um, hand sanitizer there. So your boy oh, might squeeze are? a few pumps out and leave it in my pocket for later. Yes, Just, uh, what if I had? What if I had? What if I had shorts made with pockets that were made out of like balloon material? So you just like imagine if you just wanted to bring some jelly to work and you just scoop some out and. Um, I've read how to make like a homemade hand sanitizer. And you need aloe vera, which I think we have some of. I'm pretty sure we paid like $24 for a bottle of aloe vera in Mexico. Do you aloe remember that? aloe vera. You call it vera. Say it again. Aloe vera. No, say it how you said it. That's what I said. You said aloe vera. Well, they can rewind. Aloe vera. <laughs> aloe vera? Don't Joe Biden me here and tell me your facts. Aloe. Everyone knows what aloe is. Maybe you're right. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, we bought it in Colombia at a... Uh, no, at, I'm pretty sure in Mexico. Was it... No, we paid an arm and a leg for bug spray in Mexico. Oh, yeah. What did we get? In Colombia, that's when I had the lobster burn and I went down to the... I knew I was getting ripped off because I was in like the hotel gift shop and I was like, you're going to... in like, I didn't speak Spanish. They didn't speak English, but they looked at my dead red face and they go, you need aloe vera. And I go, si, claro que si. Um, the funny, the interesting thing about this coronavirus, they say the sunlight and vitamin D is good for you and it's been the darkest week we've had in los angeles which has kind of been nice i think this i think while it while it would be nice to have sunlight to kind of like um you know burn the disease off us sunny outside and 80 degrees you know that people would not be self-quarantining as well as they are and apparently people are saying that what's wrong with going to the beach i mean that is self-quarantining no one's near anybody i mean i guess if you don't sit by anyone but think about it the beach is usually pretty spread out it's not like some rhode island beach where it's a thousand people and 10 square feet of sand i mean it's a giant uh, beach here so you'd think that like usually usually when we go to the beach there isn't anyone within 90 feet of us I guess it's like, what? well, what else do you do on your way to the beach? If you just leave your house, park your car, touch the meter very carefully, you know, sit by yourself and go straight home and you pack your picnic full of your dry goods, your but rice and what, your canned goods, then you're probably okay you know, you if stuff you're not some jelly into your pockets. or talking to anyone. You know, but Los Angeles, when it gets when the weather's bad, it, the city just shuts down. So it's been raining for four days straight. So maybe that could help with the lack of the virus spreading. I mean, the the thing that you know we've we've heard and that we're reading reading about with the um, the mass hysteria 
Hysteria? Hysteria? Hysteria Lane? Hysteria. Hysteria. The mass hysteria buying aloe vera is that uh, you people... You Yeah, people, uh, you, you shut off your rational brain when you, when you, um, you know, don't know what's going on. And because nobody knows anything about this disease, um, you want to control things. And you well, go, I, I want to control things. I'm going to go buy a lot of toilet paper because I want to be able to wipe my ass. And that's well, what people I do. Well, I think that what we're really lacking is solid leadership. If they had been honest from the get-go about how serious this was, then maybe it could have had a calming effect on some people. Like, okay, this is what you need. You will need one bottle of hand sanitizer. You will need... Two weeks worth of canned foods, you you know, and they laid out exactly. I don't what know you if need. that would help the you know people, but I, I don't maybe disagree with you. Maybe people would have bought double what was recommended, but maybe there wouldn't. Have, I mean, I think when you see people like when you see a run on the stores, when you see a run on toilet paper, when you see a run on hand sanitizer, it just spreads. So people start buying up whatever they can. If we do get um, quarantined for a while, we should make some more soap. You know what I mean? If we are going to be, you know, sitting around here. Are we going to go to Walmart and get the goods we need yeah, to make I mean, a batch? I don't think anyone's buying gallons of oil. I don't think that's the first thing people are buying. Yeah, but no, nothing. I don't want any of us near a Walmart shopping cart. Man, I get so fat during these types of things. When we had something called the Sandy 7, when Hurricane Sandy hit, everyone gained seven pounds that week because you had nothing to do. I invited you to do my workout with me. A lot of fucking happening, too, when you get quarantined. Not by us, but I'm just saying in general. If I were single, Tasha, let me tell you something. If I were single, here's how my quarantine photos would look. It would be me sitting next to a pile of toilet paper and canned goods. I'd be like, swipe ripe, ladies. Swipe ripe? Yeah, swipe ripe over here. I'm ripe. Swipe it up. I got some cottonelle for you. Meme that was like meme that was like, ladies, no more... Uh hookups during quarantine or no more hookups right now you might get quarantined there they've got a bag of cheetos and no toilet paper <laughs> it's true single guys man i remember Are when gross. i had i remember my 20s i owned one towel that's Ew. it not a towel that i rotated in and out one towel and it said david i had my david towel which by the way i don't know i don't know if that disappeared i left it at my harlem apartment and now that doug moved out it might have been gone whenever i went back to visit in new york i'd have my nice towel that said david on it which was nice your one towel my one towel and it was just like it was nice it was kind of like a sandpaper like i lost all softness so it was just like sandpapery you know those old towels that just haven't had a dryer sheet look at them in 15 years we have this one towel i don't know if it's here or if it's at my parents house it might have eventually gotten thrown out but i always loved it because it was a very thin towel it wasn't like a heavy towel i don't know why it was my favorite towel for the longest time until it literally got like so threadbare that there were small natural holes in it you know what i mean like it had gotten so worn that it had small natural holes and now it's just way too wimpy to even i gotta say there's a lot i could compliment you on but that's not fun for the audience here but your towel game when i moved in was not good i had to steal some hotel towels i had to really help you out (laughs) you haven't bought a towel since uh that's the one thing i think you have that's the one piece of fabric that you haven't upgraded consistently is your towel game you know we i have thought about it many times i have thought like that pink towel you have sucks that's that, a shit did, towel. That was a free towel. That's a <laughs> shit towel. Uh, that's a that's an event towel. Yeah. <laughs> what kind I of event did you get that at? A beach party thrown by nasty gal. Beach party. That's a nasty gal towel. Mm-hmm. It's got like HPV. That towel isn't even beach worthy. It's a small. I can't even wa- wash my ass. And I had an orange one, but I think I threw the orange one out because maybe Boone had diarrhea on it or something. It happens. It happens. <laughs> Shit happens. <laughs> Shit happens when you party with a dog. My favorite towel was a place. I still don't think I've ever taken you to Savers, but I. I know I've probably told you about this, but Savers is a thrift shop from New England. And um, so, you know, you go there to buy suits when you're like 15 and you can't afford a, you know, a suit for your semi-formal. And it's literally these suits probably just came off of some dead guy. You know, they, this is where they donate all their clothes. So you get, so you get. Is it, it's a thrift store. It's a thrift store, okay. baby. Macklemore thrift shop. And they, I mean, they sometimes they have good stuff. You get a leather jacket. This is the place I, you, you know, would go to I was in college. college. I loved a thrift store, and Kentucky had some really good ones because this was before Macklemore, <laughs> and uh, you could get nice things. I bought a beautiful fur coat at a thrift store. I bought very, very nice, like you know, pencil skirts. Do you check the pockets these. before you buy things? No, I just went in there. And oh, I'm looking for fucking money. I'm looking for I'm looking for like a spy's passport and I'm just looking for a whole story. Yeah, so uh 
Yeah, I mean, in in Los Angeles, New York, it's you know, living in these cities, it's hard to go to a thrift shop that hasn't been uh, run run through by every fashion designer and wardrobe person here. But yeah, I'm sure you can find some gold. So the thing that we would go to the thrift thrift shops before we had theme parties because in college we had a lot of theme parties. Every theme party in college um, was a different play on the word ho. So you'd have golf pros and tennis hoes, CEOs and um, uh, corporate hoes or secretary hoes. You know, it would be like um, a white trash bash or a white trash wedding. You know, you'd have all these different things. So you'd always have to go there and be like, "What can I? What? What can I wear? What's the funniest thing I can wear that slightly shows off my body?" Because in college, everyone has nice bodies, right? Y'all sound so classy. And then you'd go, and then you'd get ready. And it, by, by all means, let this be a press conference for you, Tasha. Ask any questions you want. The whole point of the story was that I went to the I went to get a terry cloth um, kilt. I got a terry cloth kilt. That's basically way to describe it. It was a it was a towel I got at a thrift shop, probably meant for a young, for like a a pre um, adolescent boy. This is this was meant for like a seventy pound boy, and I was at sitting at about one hundred and seventy pounds. It was a, no, it, it, it was a towel, but it was if you could think of a towel that would look like a kilt, like it was just it was a plaid. It, no, 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 not pla- no. So just kilt, the skirt kind of like. So it was basically a towel that had a button on it, so you could and button pleats. it up. No pleats. No, you're stuck on the kilt part. <laughs> I don't know why you for, called it a kilt because it was like a, it was basically like a, a towel skirt. <laughs> It was a ta- tort. I tort. actually, I had one of those. Did it have elastic? Yeah, it probably had a little bit of elastic. So, and it, it Velcros. Man, I wonder where that is. Mine, uh, mine had a it's button. Like a, you put it above your breast, but it, it like overlaps and it has a Velcro. Yeah. It came with a matching headband. No, too. so this one was, this one was only the lower level. So this is lower level. And if I didn't put it on the right way, my dick was hanging out for sure. And I remember just I would wear it around the fraternity out, you know, you, you know, because this is what's so great. But you live in a house with thirty-four guys, right? And but for every thirty-four guys that live in the house, there's another there's another hundred guys that just come and go. Their parent people's parents are visiting, their sisters in town, and you're just walking around willy nilly. But it's like it's your home, so you just you get used to it being your home. But then randomly, someone will be walking around. There's walk of shame's happening. The chef is in, you know, he knows all the yeah, gossip. Yeah, there's of no who's, like drinking wine in your underwear. When like people are constantly on the in and out. Well, there is. Like, That's the problem. Is there is drinking wine in your underwear? You just have to know like where you're going. I bet the sorority houses are not so gross. I bet. I bet you the sorority houses were just. I mean, I can't even imagine the the toilet uh, that you know full of tampons women flushing shit down you know women y'all flush shit down you don't ask questions before you start flushing. I'm sure there's uh, what are the ear things? You know, I'm sure Q-tips and tampons that's just not true and uh you know pregnancy kits i mean Listen, 18 year old chicks grossness is not specific to one gender anybody can be gross but i think there are probably a lot more gross guys than there are gross i i know a lot of men right now yelling at their podcast apps disagreeing because women be gross <laughs> You do it. You're Have like. Have you ever been in a men's bathroom versus a women's bathroom? Yeah, but women's bathroom, it just feels dirtier because because there's supposed to be. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah, sure, the bar set higher, but there's supposed to be this level of sanitary kind of vibe that women have, and then you'll just randomly see some tampons stuck to the wall. It's like, what's that? You know, Obviously, firecracker that a, just went that's off. That's an outlier. That's an outlier, sure. But anyway, so yeah, so I have my terry cloth. Um, you know, skirt walking around. And um, I was probably about, uh, yeah, I was probably about 20 pounds lighter, which, hey, you know, isn't bad. You gain 15, you gain 20 pounds. But this this whole uh, quarantine is really fucking with my diet. I mean, I ate too many brownies last night. I got a sugar hangover. It's really fucking with my diet. And, um, you know, we were supposed to um, be traveling uh, this week. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Our plans are all up in the air. We don't know what's going on. So who knows? Who knows where, who knows where we're supposed to be? Who knows? So who knows what's going to happen, but we're going to uh, try to uh, maintain the most uh, object positivity. Is that a phrase? Is that a term? Sure. And it's one of those things. It's like, what are you going to do? You know, what are you going to do? Yeah, we, uh, I mean, I guess if they say that we are not allowed to travel, then the airlines probably have to refund us. I, I think imagine. we should, I think we should um, cancel all of our flights. What? I think we should cancel. Preemptively? I think we should, I think we should uh, consider, uh just fucking hunkering the fuck down well unfortunately from what i understand the wait lines for to talk to customer service people are not getting through 
that like they'll wait on hold for an hour and then the line will disconnect or that, that you know they'll wait six hours for a call back you got to think that airlines i mean and then i know I'm they're, sure they're really suffering pr- part of the problem is of course so much misinformation like there was um i've already snoped so many different text messages that said hey i got a buddy in dc I don't know. He says it's going to be a guarantee. You know, it's like, what do you, who's got a buddy? We all have a buddy in DC. What are you talking about? And it's like, is that your buddy? No, I took it from another buddy. It's like, okay, all right. So it's just a whole, everyone, as as we've always said, you need to just, um, you know, do your research, know that you trust, talking to trusted sources. And, you know, like, like you said earlier about Trump saying that this whole thing was a hoax. Well, look, I'm not on Trump's side, okay, at all. Um, have, have there been other things blown out of the water beforehand? Yeah. And this is part of the problem when you, you know, sort of wage a war on the media. Now people don't, aren't trusting the media. So it's like, we've had this kind of boy cry wolf type of thing happen. What are you talking about? With, you know, with like, there's been like, um, there's been a lot in the, just in the past, I don't know, several years of media taking certain things out of context or blowing things out of proportion or saying something's going to be worse. I mean, like what? Well, t- don't even make it political, right? Every other uh, hurricane, people in Florida, they go fuck it we're not we're not leaving because every time they say there's going to be a bad hurricane it turns out to be nothing it veers off course so people have a general distrust for like for paint for for these types of things no but i i just i think that's a silly sort of connection to make because better safe than sorry no i agree better with, safe than sorry i agree I mean, with you but i'm speaking for the masses for the here. national guard to have to come in and rescue people off their roofs because they refuse to evacuate like what you want and people are posting this left and right like we want to look back and roll our eyes and be like this was a massive overreaction because that means we did our job and we prevented things you. from getting out of hand yeah i agree with you but i'm talking about this is the problem it's like we you can either think of like the right way to think or the way that the masses think and by masses i'm not saying other people are dumb i'm thinking i'm saying collectively as humans we're dumb one human is smart 10 humans are kind of dumb we you know we're idiots you know, we're, 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 we're just built that way. I just don't way. see what your point is. If you're saying that like things get blown out of proportion, then what are you trying to say my, right my, now? What I'm saying is that because things have been blown out of proportion in the past, a lot of people, uh, especially, you know, for political reasons, thought that this was sort of not not going to be a real a real thing. I mean, there's still but people... why would this not be a big thing if you look at all of the countries that are two weeks or a month ahead of us? And why are there flat earthers? These people exist. They're still... I'm seeing comment threads of people going... So you're not saying that you think that this has been overblown. You're saying that some people think? Yeah. There's always going to be some people. No, more than some people, obviously. There's, you know, but there's like... There's people posting going, hey, look, I don't know one person that has coronavirus. And I have family members that are saying that. But it's also like, well, that's because there's probably no testing. I mean, isn't it interesting? It's like... I mean, I think uh, uh, what's happening now is that... People form their opinions and then they learn more and then they change their opinions. And the difference is that nowadays people are posting every step along the way on social media. So you see in the beginning when people are downplaying it, you see when they think it's a hoax because Trump said it's a hoax. You see when they say, why should I stay home? I don't know anyone who has coronavirus. I'm young. And then you see when they learn and they're like, oh, I'm doing my part to protect the masses yeah maybe i won't be crazy sick but maybe old people will be and i don't want to kill my grandparents yeah you got a good point we're um we're taking photographs of our um decision process and leaving them yeah, time stamped on the internet process. and that's right. and it's of course it's dangerous when trump does it because he's kind of like word vomit for the way he's thinking so even if he thinks something's a hoax he doesn't need to be saying it to people because boy did that age poorly i mean it might cost him his presidency who knows i've always said that there's going to be nothing that's going to stop him from being reelected if um biden becomes the dnc nominee but but now you look at it and you go well talk about bungling i mean george bush Bush yeah, pretty much lost the presidency because of Katrina, and that was that was you know no, no offense to Katrina, but that was a a regional issue, not a international pandemic. This is going to be over in two months' time, so we the still... podcast. Thank God. No, I'm just saying, like, if you think it's March, April, May, by June, this will not be a huge issue for us anymore. If I'm, I'm just comparing it to how Chinese the Chinese are handling it in their timeline, because. As you know, I've been on to this virus since the very beginning because it happened right before Chinese New Year, which is a big part of my industry. Guys, listen, Tasha is, she has 
She was born to track this virus. She was no, watching private trying. videos. She was watching TikTok. She was in hospital rooms in Wuhan, China. <laughs> just going, hey, honey, I think we got an issue. That was in Thanksgiving. She, she knew the virus. No, she, she was following was the bat before January. the thing. Um, and the only reason that I was really tuned into it, because it's emergence coincided with Chinese New Year, which is a big part in my industry, Chinese New Year, all the factories shut down. So work gets slow for me anyway. And once we realized that, oh, this is really bad, the factories are not reopening, China's on lockdown, people are not coming back to work, you know, that from then till now, we're looking at about two months. So if you think that it's just starting here now, so we're looking at about two months of this, Unless we can do a better job, which we're probably not going to. Well, because think um, about uh, China. But my point is, is that this will all be in the rearview mirror come June. And then we've got June to November for some like uh, PR miracles to happen. Well, yeah. And, and as they've shown, I mean, there's, there's nothing. There, I, think, I think we'll all get a stimulus check. I think, I think it's going to happen. It happened. George Bush did it. And, um, and you know, you can't, you, like they put another $700 billion in the banks today. I mean, you can't be, you can't be doing that and not, and not take care of, uh, you know, us, us little guys. But what's interesting is that this is the first, this is like the first pandemic that, that um, involves the internet. So we're, we're able to connect and um, sort of sympathize with people all over the world, not just on a, like a Facebook level, but even with this podcast, shout out to Sophia in uh, Quebec, who's talking about how she just got laid off yesterday and that people are, you know, she's worried about rioting and looting and stuff and, and things are getting kind of crazy just in yeah. Montreal. You know so big who's shout had out. the longest lines here in LA? Gun stores. Yeah. Yeah. Gun stores, the lines out the door. I mean, if, if you told me that for, um, you know, $900, you know, if it, the only thing that stopped me from buying a gun is probably that it's just a pain in the ass. But um, yeah, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to have one. We're in a pretty protected area right now since we are in a building that's um, several floors up. With um, you know, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty uh, I think we're in a pretty safe place. But like, I mean, don't get me wrong. You can you can see the makings like you can see the makings of some like crazy post-apocalyptic movie happening. I mean, yesterday we had a um a gun standoff at the gas station right near us. So our whole neighborhood was on lockdown with helicopters flying. You know, it's pr- it's pretty what it's pretty gnarly. What caused the riots in '92? Do you know the Rodney the uh, Rodney King? Oh. I, I don't know if that was the cause of the riots or if that was part of the riots, but there was um there was um cops and you know there was a uh, police brutality happening, and then you had um I only know about these riots from that what is it Sublime song? Yeah, Sublime I don't know song? what caused the riots in ninety. I mean, we should these are things. What's cut? Let's see what caused. Hold on, t- you got to talk while I tell you what caused the riots. In yeah, well, I'm just thinking. You said this is our first pandemic with the internet i mean really it's the first global pandemic in a hundred years if oh, yeah, you think I was about right. the spanish flu of 1918 that was really serious but imagine how scary that would people. be where in 1918 you only know whatever people are telling you on your street block in your neighborhood and what happened was that people self-quarantined they decided not to go anywhere so they were staying home if they could they weren't burying their dead they weren't helping their elderly neighbors guess what they didn't have postmates like you do already died you know i mean literally people were dying in isolation tasha's tr- because everyone was afraid of helping and then here we are 2020 tasha's life tracking her macaroni and cheese being delivered <laughs> she's like it's two blocks away <laughs> she's got the water boiling she's ready to go <laughs> los, uh, los angeles riots in 1992 major outbreak of violence looting and arson that took place in response to the acquittal of four white Los Angeles policeman on all, the, all but one charge um, connected with the severe beating of an African-American motorist in March 1991. As a result of the several days of rioting, more than 50 people were killed. Holy shit. More than 2,300 were injured and thousands were arrested. 1,100 buildings were damaged. Total property damage was $1 billion, which made the riots one of the most devastating civil disruptions in American history. You know, what's interesting is the fact the fact that this is something that we're all on board with. It's not, um, you know, this isn't a racial issue. This isn't a gender issue. This All of the identity politics that we've had, you know, we've dealt with are taken away. What we can hope for is that everybody, regardless of race um, and social status, is able to be taken care of. There's nothing more sad than seeing all these um, aisles ravaged at the store and then, you know, photos of an old person trying to get, you know, a pack of tissues. Yeah, well, I think, so you were talking about a stimulus check. Oh, I mean, Keep really, talking. I gotta get the battery. I'm, I'm worried more 
a more I'm not as worried about people starving as I am about people going broke. If you think about it, elderly people or people on um fixed incomes or people who just live paycheck to paycheck, they don't have the extra funds to be able to stock up on groceries. They buy their groceries on a weekly basis because that's the that's the how they run their budget. That's the only way they have money for groceries. They don't have extra money to buy extra groceries this week. And so those people are, you know, being really affected by people buying out the shelves. You know, they show up and there's nothing left for them to get. And the stock market. I mean, you know, my people who have just retired, boy, what an unlucky time to just retire. My mom quit her job and I don't think she was necessarily ready for retirement, but she's been taking her time getting a new job just because there are a surplus of pharmacists. Uh, she's older, so her certification but she might, is different than... Once the jobs do come back, she might be in high demand. You know, they're going to be, they're going to be, I mean, part of Bernie's plan. There was plan. a call for um, the licensing board to expand licen- licensing qualifications for medical industry workers because the way it works now, doctors and nurses, they basically, um, and pharmacists, I only know for sure about pharmacists, they choose which states they want to be licensed in because it's expensive. You have to take the state boards, I guess, for each state you're going to. I, I, I don't know exactly how it works, but, um, you know, my mom isn't licensed to be a pharmacist in the state of California. She's the closest thing I've ever visited to a, a pharmacist. I, I call your mom up and I go, what's this rash happening <laughs> on my chest? And then she gives me some fucking strong shit. And I go, whoa, thank you, Jeannie. But, you know, there was a call to maybe like uh, loosen the licensing requirements in this time of crisis so that people could become travel doctors and travel nurses in this time of crisis and go where there are maybe major outbreaks. I don't know if that'll happen, but but it's the same. But the point is my parents have been living off their dividends, their stock market dividends in these six months while, you know, she's sort of been like loosely looking for a job. There hasn't been anything that she's young. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know she is. There hasn't been anything that she wants. She's not in a rush to just, take a quick job so she's been volunteering for people who are in her same position where they just retired and they're watching all of their investments plummet i hear you yeah and i'm not super worried about the stock market because like like we said this wasn't some you know like the last stock market issue was um subprime mortgages and some real this is like uh, like environment they call it black swan event right I mean, where it's something that's it just fucking back but we don't know how long that takes yeah but we're, we'll all get back to, as soon as you know as soon as the dust settles and 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 things are under control and you know the, right now they just want to make sure we're not all rushing to this you know 50 people trying to get the same hospital bed so i know i know they're uh i know in italy they're treating it like triage where they're deciding who to save and who to let go and um yeah it's a, it's a horrible place to be it's a horrible place to be, and um, it makes you it makes you realize why like our grandparents were the way they were when they survived the depression, when they survived rationing of food and and this and that, and um, and it will be politicized. Uh, it's crazy that this is happening in the year of a presidential election. Makes you wonder, really does. Makes you wonder if if shits if shits not getting better. If Trump calls like for a martial law type of plan, you know what I mean. I mean we've got primaries happening tomorrow. It's all bananas. I know. I know we go a little heavy on the politics sometimes. It's all kind of intertwined. But how it uh, between your family and my family, if shit hits the fan, you've got first of all my your mom offers a lot of value because I know she's got a lot of um I know she's got a lot of um you know drugs and stuff as a pharmacist so she's got i mean no you know what i mean she's you know you got some bassett trace in here you got a little bit of you know uh purell over there she mixes a cocktail together plus they have a hot tub which would be nice you could probably uh you know burn the fever off in your parents hot tub so that's good then you got my stepdad who's a contractor he can make anything out of sheet metal what do we need out of sheet metal we don't know yet but we will when you need you luke you know what i mean luke can make he is the macgyver of sheet metal you give him sheet metal and a blowtorch he's gonna solder together i remember i mean he whenever we have like a you know you know people would pay him when their pets died to make tombs 
because he could make custom-made copper tombs. So he's he's there to make you know whatever we need, whatever we need. Luke's out there, and then my mom, she's there to manage him. She she's a good manager, and everyone else, um, you're on your own. Uh, but um, I don't know. We could just make this a shorter episode because I don't want to. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, pile on on everyone's Corona talk. But I mean, you just can't not talk about it. You can't not talk about it. It's it's interesting, and we just we just hope everyone's families are safe and people are taking it seriously. And and it's a weird time. Like I've got friends that just quit their jobs to take a wait waitressing job. I know a girl who just quit her corporate job to take a waitressing job. And and it's it this whole this whole sort of be, because you know not because of this before this because she was pursuing her career, um, her, her more creative career. And we we always talk about it. The only safe people right now that are safe financially are people with corporate jobs. People that have money, that's like you, they just can't be fired. People that are in tenured positions, people that you know are are on some quote unquote salary job. Everyone else, there's no unemployment set up for the freelancer. I mean, who knows? This could change overnight. You know, all it takes is a bill being passed. Well, but- they, they did pass a bill, but it doesn't include any help for independent contractors or self-employed people. But yeah, we've just, we've stripped away the, we've, we've stripped away so many um, types of jobs in our economy in just the last decade that, you know, the gig economy is beautiful in the sense that you can pick and choose when to work. And I think that's where we're moving in the future where people aren't going to have nine to fives. They're going to pick and choose what type of gig they want to do, what type, you know, everyone's going to be loose and free and being, you know, very amorphous. No protections. Right. And that comes no healthcare, which with that comes no retirement plan with that comes in retire. And it makes you wonder, like I can understand obviously working for a corporation so that retirement plans can be made. Uh, but we, what we need to find in a society is a way that everyone can operate their own business, regardless of if you're creative or not. You, everyone has to treat themselves like their own business, their own entity, and obviously get rid of privatized healthcare so that everyone has healthcare. So you don't have to maintain some, some job at Delta Dental that you don't want to work at. I know someone's out there working at Delta Dental. You hate your job. You hate it. And you don't even get good co-pays, but it's something. So that's why you're stuck there. Now, imagine if you had health care. Imagine if you didn't have to worry about that. Imagine if you were able to just pay into your retirement, which you are on your own. Imagine all that. Well, maybe you wouldn't work at Delta Dental anymore. Maybe you take a little bit of time off and work for yourself. But of course, we're in this position where, you know, you and I, we're looking at it like, shit, what can we do? Assume, like, let's let's say your, your, all of your uh, fit modeling jobs are canceled because, you know, you're attached to the, you know, the Asian markets and the, and the fashion industry. Let's say that. That's all canceled. Let's say my my gigs uh, get canceled. What can we do from our home? Patreon. No, I'm kidding. But like, what can we do to make some extra money? I'm looking at my YouTube going, man, if I got a viral video right now, like, you know what I mean? That would be literally some... some yeah, because bu- everybody's stuck at home watching YouTube. That's what I'm saying. Everyone's stuck at home watching YouTube. YouTube's still paying me like a dollar a day. And I'm going, fuck, man, if I could just somehow, you know... But again, and, you know, it's... I, I always feel guilty, like like well, like look, I'm not price Dollar surging. Dollar a day doesn't pay our rent. <sighs> Boy, I tell you what, not in this economy. But um, you know, I'm not here at price gouging Purell. Like I'm just wondering, like how can how can what I do be of value? And that's and when when shit hits the fan, that's what we all have to ask. What do I have that is of value to others? Tasha, you might be hooking. You might have to go out there and suck some dick. I'm just saying. I'll pay. I got a dollar. I'll pay a dollar a day for a little blowski. What are you gonna do out there? Gross. You know, what would you do? What what would your um skill be? I don't know. I think I have uh some good like wor- woodworking skills. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm gonna have to meet. I'm a excellent shot. If anyone wants to loan me a gun, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give me your bullets. I can use them. Uh, t- yesterday, Tasha and I made. Uh, also, yesterday, Tasha made um, uh, homemade. Um, what would you call them? What is that? Face masks. Face masks uh, using uh, t-shirts, felt, and a, a sewing machine, and bra straps for the ear loops. And I got to yeah, say, we didn't have any good elastic. I think though it took you about an hour to make each one of them, so I think you got to be charging about forty dollars. But hey, maybe, maybe people would buy those. Well, the last one actually, I, it it only took a long time for the first two because I was figuring it out. This last one that I made, that was zip zip really quick. Yeah, that was, that you're, was you're, really quick, and I like that one the best. So I think if I was gonna make more of those, I would make them in that style. So that kind of brings up the point I wanted to touch on is that what what are we going to do to be productive in this sort of self-enforced 
um, sabbatical that a lot of us are all taking. And that's the key because we have enough Netflix that we can just watch Netflix. But what can we do to make this time productive? I always, you know, whenever like I know I'm going to have a, uh, some time off when, whenever like we go home to your family, uh, you know, for Christmas, I'm always like, shit, I want to get some things done. So like I'm not just, you know, completely, uh, so I'm keeping my mental um, energy there and my creativity there. And that's that's kind of the question. Like it, for me, it's like I've got such a queue of things I'm editing and working on that I'm not too worried about me but it was nice to see that you were able to like 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 um you've used let, let's take halloween let's let's not include halloween you've never you've used your sewing machine once or twice since you've dated me in six years uh outside of halloween stitching a few things together so my challenge for you is what was the hardest part about getting that sewing machine working was it just taking off the cover and using it is that because it's almost like no no i'm asking yeah. you just, well here's the thing it's really challenging to like wind and thread a bobbin. Like every time something goes wrong in my sewing machine, it takes getting out the manual. It takes watching multiple YouTube videos. Like sewing machines are complicated beasts. So whenever They're like the vagina. I use... You've got to use a tutorial. You don't know where the needle goes. You're looking for the G spot. There's a lot of going. You got to ask. You got to call your mom. Hey, uh, where's? How do I thread the needle? No, they're they're definitely complicated, and I am not an excellent sewer. I'm just not a, a great sewer. I don't know how to use all the different stitches on my machine. Like. Uh, when I use a sewing machine, I want to do it as basic as possible. But that's Doesn't like being fluent in is. another language and going, I'm not I'm not a professor of that language. It's like you you speak sewing language. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. I'm I, asking I you about terms and you're looking at me like I'm an idiot. On a lot on the sewing machine than a lot of people, but there are definitely lots of people out there that are better on it than me. But when I'm taking on a sewing project, I'm not changing the bobbin color. I'm not changing the thread color. If a needle breaks, I'm going to be really frustrated. <laughs> you know. Yeah, your limbic like, your limbics got flared real <laughs> fast. I just am trying to keep it as basic as possible. I can basically press the pedal and and go. I, I have a knowledge of pattern making. Do you understand what I'm asking? What I'm getting at? At uh, no. Why you, you, I'm, I'm getting uh, no, 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 to I'm, shame me for honey. You are being a consumer you, and you not are, a creator. No, you are the sample of the argument that resistance is all about getting out the notebook. Resistance is about plugging in the sewing machine. Resistance is about setting up the easel and getting your paint trays out. It's all about the hardest part of creativity. And the, the irony of it all is not the creation itself. It's getting yourself... I, I saw somebody post yesterday that, that uh, these tips. They go, hey, they posted on, online. They go, hey, for all the newly at-home workers, here's some of my advice because I've been working at home for a long time. They go, um, don't wear pajamas all day. Don't turn your TV on because a TV takes up 2% of your furniture and it's going to take up 98% of your time. Don't turn your TV on, put some real clothes on. The guy goes, you don't have to wear shoes, but you need to wear pants. And you know, we're both shirtless right now doing this podcast. Tasha's barely got a, you know, her bathrobe on. I'm wearing a uh, terry cloth uh, kilt. And uh, I hate wearing real clothes at home. No, but that's the amount of brain power that goes into picking out an outfit is way too much. And also, guess what? Jeans aren't comfortable. They aren't. They're not comfortable, and I would rather wear sweatpants. There you go. Well, and it also said, you know, uh, do like 30 minutes of non-work-related stuff before you, when you get up to simulate like if you were like heading to work, and then, you know, and then just start getting your work done. And and, and look, I'm not, I'm not using, I, I, I understand for myself that it's very hard to get writing done at home. Like, it's very hard for me to get things done here, but that's sort of like, because I would prefer my, my ADHD mind would prefer to be at a Starbucks people watching as I wrote a screenplay, because for me, there's something about being like amongst other people's energy without them talking to me. Like it would be annoying to be at an, at an open mic trying to write a screenplay. Cause I'd have a bunch of friends saying hi to me and stuff. But, but what I like is to be in that kind of hustle and bustle. But the point that I'm getting at is that maybe your sewing machine will do a better job if it lives on this table so we can like work and create and the sewing machine itself while it might not be the thing that you're excellent at i think is a is a strong tool and in, in helping you create 
you know, we, we, we talked about this. Um, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast, but we were driving and I was thinking of a YouTuber. It was a very famous YouTuber. He makes some, he makes some like $12 million a month. Uh, I think it was Logan Paul and in his girl, it could have been someone else. So if it's not him, it's someone else. And his girlfriend, her only job is to run his merchandise line. And you know, a lot of times people sell merch, they sell pre-made t-shirts, this and that. But this dude actually creates his own like fashion line. So my question to Tasha was, hey, what if like, what if shit blew up and you were in, and there was so much money to be made for you to just design clothes? Like if we knew people were going to buy things, what would you design? And we talked all about that. And it was an interesting thing because we're taking away, once you add like um, a market to, to your creation, once you say, oh, Assuming someone's going to pay for what you're going to do, what would you do? And then that takes away a lot of people's resistance. And they go, well, if someone's going to pay for what I would do, I would probably make witty um, uh, birthday cards. Oh, you want to make witty birthday cards? And then it's like, oh my gosh, you, you can make those right now. Like, that's totally cool. You can do, and then, and then once you make witty birthday cards, if they're so cool and they develop a small following, maybe Walmart buys them. It's like, you can see the whole road for success once you find the marketplace for it. And I think what we talked about was, how cool it would be to go to like talk about thrift stores, not maybe not during the pandemic, but going to thrift stores and finding old cool like rock t-shirts and make scrunchies out of them. You know, just something as simple as that. Like, what would you want to do? And I'm not saying this to you specifically to stress you out. This is just a case study of an example. So for people listening out there, what is it that you can start creating as a foundation in this time that we're all kind of sitting on our ass not doing much what can we do that's not just consuming but creating so what's out there and for for a lot of people this pandemic might be the catalyst that gets them um to that next level of their own personal enlightenment on this journey sounds sounds a little far-fetched but no but you're it's right a catalyst. it's it's really like choosing whether or not you're gonna watch all the Harry Potters in a row, or you're going to get something done. Because, honey, I love the face masks you made. You did a really good job. And you were, I mean, you weren't even being hard on yourself, but it's like, of course, I'm not going to be perfect. You just, you just did a YouTube tutorial and looked at a few molds and your third one was probably 50 times better than your first one. Of course, you're going to give me the first one. I'm going to look like an idiot. No, I now, give you the second one. You give the second one. No, they all look. They all look really good. You We're can cut up some more t-shirts, and I'll make I'm going to make another one. I'm for probably going to make like the third one. I yeah, I'm probably going to make the video today. I'm going to make um. I'm going to make a video of of Tasha of a little vlog of Tasha making these things. So please go to my YouTube and subscribe. I'm six away from 2000 subscribers. I'm putting all of my time and energy into making my YouTube um, self-sustainable. I just, uh, it's going to sound stupid that I'm even bragging about this, but I just got my, I'm about to hit $300 lifetime that I've made on YouTube. And, um, and about uh, 70% of that has been in the last year. And I'm trying to upward trend. I know that's not much money, but I'm trying to make that a day. I'm trying to make that in an afternoon. I'm trying to make it so that all I can work on is creating. Uh, we've had some of our past podcast guests have led to actual money in my pockets. Cora Boyd is very searchable on YouTube right now. We're getting a lot of organic views on our Cora Boyd episode. I clipped it into different clips. People are checking it out. Um, we had Jess Mulder on a couple years ago and talked about threesomes. That video has got several thousand views. Kelsey Cook's video is one of our highest performing videos. So over time, the podcast videos actually, um, it is probably a good business to have them up there. So as much as I, you know, to be honest, Tasha, I'm starting to stop uh, obsess over my downloads for the podcast. I don't want this podcast to lose any of its quality or what it is that we do. I just don't believe that any organic growth is going to happen with it. Uh, gr a growth will happen with some of our audience telling their friends and a couple of random people finding it. But just because we're in the but top 200 in comedy interviews, that means if someone says, I want to watch a comedy interview, that means they're going to pass 199 others. And for everyone I start, Dax Shepard starts four. For everyone I start, Miranda Lambert has, well, why does Miranda Lambert have, you know what I mean? I'm not releasing a country music album. For everyone I do, 15 other people and their billion dollar network start one. So the point is 
YouTube is the second highest search engine in the world behind Google, and they're all interconnected, and putting this stuff on YouTube is a way better uh, use of our creative energy than just letting them live on the uh, podcast app. So my, my thought, and not to say that it's been a waste of time, is that the last five years of building up the podcast has been great practice for what we do, and the next steps moving forward, and of course, this episode, we're recording not video, since we're both shirtless with our balls hanging out and um, my balls uh, Tasha's labia is hanging out uh, <laughs> I just stuck to the floor of the chair <laughs> I'm wearing my robe from the waist down I can't wait to be old enough that when I you know get, wake up from my Florida you know leather humid couch that my balls just stick to the couch as I stand Correct. they're like the last they're like my whole body gets up and the balls are just the last thing to just you, you know slingshot to those, back to my uh, ass nudist retirement colonies no that exists no I don't need to see no. I don't need to see any other titties. I'd be looking at too many dicks, wondering, you know, sizing myself up. That's what guys do. Even at ninety years forever, old, forever. you think you're gonna be playing the comparison game? Yes. I think that's the beauty of being old is that you no, no longer uh, play the comparison uh, game. Here's the thing: I want to look at tits with uh with uh wonderful mystique. I don't want to look at tits and go, yeah, those are tits. I want to go, what? Look at those you still titties. Look at my tits with mystique. Yeah, I do, but more so like when you're wearing like but? a tight. Well, when you're uh, this is true. If you're wearing like a tight dress or something, that's that's for for whatever reason easier to check out than if I just if you walk by me naked. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Why don't you? Look at me when I walk by naked. I do, but you just you walk by naked all the time. You're yelling at me to do the dishes or something. It's a little hard to check out your tits when you're like, babe, did you track in mud? Is this corona dirt? You know what I mean? Anyway, so my goals for everyone out there is that you just um you take control of the parts of your life that you can and shout out to Sophia and everyone else that's out there who's affected by this coronavirus. I hope your families are all safe and I know it's a trying time and um uh just figure out what we can all do. I know I know we're I you know, I know we'll probably lose some Patreon subscribers too. You know, people look, do what you gotta do for yourself. Do what you got to do to just maintain your own sort of um, health, sanity, and all that through the rough times. And um, if 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 money isn't an issue and you do want to join our Patreon, that's another way that you can kind of help us rest assured in this time when we're, we're kind of being, um, you know, sort of uh, quarantined out of paychecks. <laughs> uh, I really do uh, love the last Patreon episode we made. Uh, I Googled the top 10 Doomsday songs and we played all of the Doomsday songs. It's the end of the world as we know it. I'm doing fine. And, and um, we, we played a couple other Doomsday songs and I read some lyrics over what, the, you know, the apocalyptic message was of that music. And it was actually a ton of fun. We had a ton of fun because on the Patreon episodes, I'm able to play uh, licensed music. I play it right from Spotify, and it's and it's a jam. So we have a good time with that. If that's something that you're okay with, Jake, I know you're out there. I know I keep calling you Jack. I, I called him Jack the whole the whole episode. <laughs> Jake, I hear you. You're in Georgia. Jake from Georgia. Thank you so much for being our newest Patreon member, Vic Oz. I know Oz is out there trying to get toilet paper in Canada, and um, you know we've got so so many Jamie Lynn's in Chicago. Let us know how's it going, how it's going out there, Jamie Lynn. Hey, she's a photographer, so she needs to be out there on the front lines taking some photos of these ravaged bread lines or whatever the hell we got out here uh who am i missing uh we, we, anyway there's we have the most patreon members we've ever had it's at 17 we fluctuated between 15 and 17 we always like gain one we lose two we gain one it goes back and forth but we do appreciate you guys that are out there and we appreciate that the money that you have committed to being a part of the patreon uh, actually really it really does add up it, it helped us buy new equipment and um we do need to get new equipment, but we're going to hold off on the new um, uh, sound mixer board that we're I want to get. We're going to hold off on new everything for a We're going to hold off on our spending, uh, unless it's called vegan mac and cheese, then Tasha's going to buy a box of it and have it uh, postmated to our doorstep. So if you wonder why I've got this quarantine, you know, I'm, I'm the first person to gain weight in a food shortage, <laughs> but uh, we're going to we're gonna survive this thing, everybody. So stay in touch. Leave us a note, whether it be on Instagram, Facebook, the private uh, Patreon community chat, or wherever it is. Leave us a note. Let let us know how you're doing because you know there's nothing. Um, 
there's nothing harder than doing this podcast and not hearing back from people. We probably hear back from a consistent uh, 10% of our listeners, which is fine. But for the rest that are out there, we're thinking about you. We want to know that you're okay. And we, we appreciate that some of you guys have already written in asking us how we're doing. And um, who knows, maybe um, maybe before the, even the next episode, things will be back in order. Or maybe uh, this is just the um, you know beginning. fateful beginning. Who knows what's going on? But I do know that we're all going to come together with love as a higher level of energy than fear or hate and we're going to get through this thing okay and again if you want to listen to um uh probably 60 plus hours maybe 70 i don't even know at this point uh, hours of uh patreon content it's all on the website patreon.com slash the sap p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash t-h-e S-A-P. And that's our private community where all of your donations um, and your monthly subscriptions help us uh, kind of keep the bills paid over here. And also go to my YouTube. I'm going to be posting the vlog of Tasha making these amazing um, masks. I'm proud of you, honey. Thanks. I'm proud of you. And we've talked about this before. Um, It's hard creatively to know what you're good at and feel worthy from it because when you're good at something it comes easy you've got a great eye for fashion and for design and you've also studied at some of the most premier places of fashion and design and i think you don't realize how much of a talent it is and you think the ship has sailed you are young and you've got all the tools to create and i love i love when you do that thanks if anything, this quarantine has taken away some of the anxieties that stop you from wanting to create. And by you, I mean all of us. When you take away the time limit and you go, because we talked about this before, and I go, what's the biggest What's the biggest fear that you have? What's the biggest anxiety-inducing thing? And what you always said, it wasn't the creating itself. It was the time constraint. Saying, all right, we'll sneak it in. We'll do it within two hours. Whereas for me, I, I kind of... Um, naturally cram things in between other things i'm like all right we'll do this then we'll go to the baseball game then we'll do that and then for you it's like ah and you might be able to do it in that short window of time but knowing that you're in any sort of rust like you like no offense honey you would not you would murder people if you were on one of those shows that was like design a dress by the end of the day you'd be like (laughs) get the fuck out of my way (laughs) you would not you know what i mean which is fine because you want to know that the space is open for you to try fail maybe um redo the spool or whatever the hell you need to do and what's interesting is you probably didn't have the access to youtube tutorials when you used to work on your your uh, springer yeah but no i just had to uh read the manual because i'm and not it's not called a springer what's it called singer singer you're <laughs> a singer i don't even know what it is what, uh, what uh, what do I know about it? But what I do know is through a growth mindset that I that I know nothing about the new editing software I'm using, but I know every dumb question I have, 400,000 people ask the same question. And then I just got to find the most popular thumbs up video on YouTube that explains it in 42 seconds or less. And it's all out there. And everything I've learned how to do, every move I've learned how to make is based on just searching for it. So you can search for it if you want to change the spool on your singer. And I'm sure once you see the tutorial, it's not as hard, right? No, just took uh, a few of them. Yeah, and then but then you learn and it. A couple of tries and fails. And then you learn it, and then it's something you just know for the next time that problem happens, or at least you know how to search for it. Whenever I'm making, there's a few things I don't remember how to do editing wise, but I know like okay, if I just search for it, I'm gonna learn. Like I know how to do this this um this video effect. I can I can do it in about four seconds, and when it when I learned, it took me about an hour to do it for the first time. So that that's where we are. What took me an hour to do, it now only takes me four seconds. So for you, you know every you know the world is out there. Maybe keep designing these face masks you can give them to all your friends everybody needs one i'm not even saying as a profit thing i'm just saying like we're we're in a world where it might be you know some guy might have five loads of toilet paper but he's got no face mask and you're like i'll trade you one of those cotton owls big boy (laughs) you know who knows out there um anyway did i fart or did the dog holy (laughs) shit the fact that you don't know when you fart is really mind-boggling to me but my own farts don't make me i don't don't smell bad it's like breath like I don't have a, I, I think the dogs just farted on me. Anyway, did. send he help, held. folks. We're trying to quarantine. The dogs just laying gas out here. <laughs> I'm trying to write this joke about the weighted blanket, and I'm trying to relate it to how how um how uh, Dutch ovens don't work. 
Because you know, you know, you know the term Dutch I don't oven. Know what a Dutch oven is. Dutch oven is when you fart underneath the blankets and then pull the blankets over and then you make your significant other smell them. <laughs> That's but you can't do that with a weighted blanket because you'll just get it, it, weighted blankets. They're getting vacuum sealed because there's no room for the air. So the Dutch anyway, we don't. Um, there's no open mics. There's nowhere for me to do comedy. So uh, if anyone wants to call me, I'll run some jokes. But yeah, <laughs> oh boy, please save me. These social distancing jokes that we've got. Um, anyway, that's it, folks. So please, um, if you can, hit the YouTube, hit the Patreon. The YouTube's free. So if you guys, if you guys can't afford the Patreon, I totally understand. Just go watch as many of my YouTube videos. Yeah, and- turn on. Do you have a what are those like playlist set up? Yeah, you so need to set up some playlists so that people can just watch twenty hours of your videos with the ads here's, turned on. Here's what I got. Yeah, please do. Just let it let it roll while you're taking a dump. I've got. Uh, so if you just search Dave Neal on YouTube, you'll find it. If you want to be specific, um, yeah, just search Dave Neal and, and I'll and I'll pop up. But the different playlists that I have, I got my Bachelor recap videos. But honestly, if you don't watch Bachelor or Bachelor recap, I think the videos are still funny because it's really just irreverent banter with the jumping off point being what's happening on the show. So I'll be like, so and so banged so and so in the fantasy suite. Wow, women are like this, man. You know, how does it go? I can't do it. Uh, oh you did a good one thank you um but anyway i've also got a few vlogs up there from our travels some stand-up comedy and then i just started this new series where i watch political debates and react to them so i have a it's called comedian reacts and um anyway that's all up there and again i appreciate you guys listening and 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 and, and, oh and also youtube well you promote my tasha's youtube's up there too so let's see do i have monetization yet no you're not even close to monetization so to get monetized you need a thousand subscribers and four thousand watch hours and you've got 79 subscribers but um tasha's got a few videos up there i actually just uploaded this the other day it's called models shooting models and they just shoot each other with um um, cameras not guns and uh it's tasha and her friend maddie and it's a photo shoot that they did a little vlog oh look someone a couple of people said cute as comments and you have three thumbs up from that so tasha's following maddie is one of the prettiest people i know yeah she's cute I don't know. She's she's nice. You guys, it's nice that you guys have become friends. I also have Tasha's winter road trip vlog, which is more um f- uh, photo heavy. I put that up there, and I and I have a you know a video that's doing really well called "What a Quick Influencer Model Photo Shoot Look- Looks Like," a slice of life fashion vlog, and then um that's just some like some like video uh work that I did while Tasha also did her her uh, her <laughs> her um uh you know uh you know, fashion modeling that she had to do. So anyway, so that's all up there. Search Tasha Courtney or Dave. I'll put a link to both of them in the description here. And we appreciate, like I said, if uh, the best thing you can do on the YouTube after you watch it is give everything a thumbs up, hit the subscribe button and leave a comment. Those comments, that's a, and lastly, I'll end on this, but that's the problem with the podcasting is that there's no um, native way for people to comment on the podcast. Like what, what's great about it is it's an RSS feed that sends out to everybody's phones. So, but there's like 15, 20 different people listening. Yeah. Spotify, TuneIn, SoundCloud. All so you many can do is ones. really write a review, send us a message on Instagram, write on the Patreon. But yeah, it's not like it. It's like a discussion start. So I'm all in on people writing and, and making that discussion on YouTube. That's where the algorithm will pick it up. So if there's anything you want to say, any conversation you want to have, leave it on my on Dave Neal's YouTube channel. And the, the Facebook the, is good too, the, but Facebook's it just doesn't good. have the growth. Yeah, but Facebook, yeah, Facebook sucks with that. They they go, oh, if you want to boost this to more people, start paying us, and you go, suck my dick. So anyway, on YouTube, I can have the, I'll have that conversation with you. All those messages will go right to our phones, and we'll feel good about it. We'll feel happy. I know this is more of a um a longer pledge that I'm doing right now, but hey, there's there's no better time than the present. Because honestly, the truth is the the fact of the matter is I'm at work on my side j- j- gig, and when I get a message from someone saying, hey, I only tuned in. For for your uh, bachelor videos, but I actually love your podcast. That's amazing. That's the shit that I live for. Um, I got one right here. I'm gonna read. One. I'm gonna read one right now. This is gold. Thank you for explaining. Oh, that that wasn't. Um, I love your style of humor. Bachelor recaps definitely made a fan out of me, and I was a little worried when I saw it. Blah blah blah. But then I loved it so much. Blah blah blah. I mean, it's one thing after another. So we appreciate you guys so much. Um, I, I really could, uh, as much as I do love the 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 compliments. It's really for the algorithm. It it helps uh, YouTube see that things are taking off. And let me tell you something. As long as it's taking me to get to 1,994 subscribers, I truly believe the next 50,000 are going to come just as fast. When I can get to 50,000 subscribers, this YouTube will take the income 
from my other gigs and this will replace it. So I see where the finish line is. It's 25 times the size of where it is right now. But just by knowing where it is, I can quantify and, and, and put numbers into a creative thing. And it's, it's very hard to do to put numbers to a creative kind of goal. But knowing that at that level of the content I'm making, the ad revenue will be enough to float all of my other side gigs. And then we can focus on more of this, more traveling, more Maybe blogs. Maybe our listeners can share... Uh a video of yours that they really like. If they think that your your political humor video is really funny, maybe they can share it on Facebook. I mean, yeah. I know it doesn't get as much traffic, but even if every person just had two or three friends, comments, see Twitter, it and subscribe, yeah, exactly, it's what, helpful. Whatever your thing is, Twitter, Facebook, whatever it is, if you could share it there, I'd appreciate that. Um, I don't know how I'm going to recap yesterday's debate. There were, there, uh, I'm trying to recap the funny parts of the debate, but there wasn't much humor in there. But should I even, should I not do a recap of that? It was not a funny debate. It was an angry one. I could still watch it in, in, in rant, but it'll be more political commentary than oh, humor it's commentary. Sad. Yeah, it's sad what's going on out there. Stay positive, folks. No better time than the present to call your moms, tell them you love them. And, and um, also tell them to watch Bernie's live streams. Yeah, his live streams. Honestly, though, really, if all of us young people could just put on the YouTube Turn on the TV for our parents and grand- put on the YouTube of his channel. He's oh, the granddad I just did, never had. He really is. I was watching his fireside chat. I'm like, oh, he just, he's a warm cup of milk. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I hope we're a warm cup of milk for you guys. Uh, if you're uh, lactose intolerant, you can fart like the dog just did on me. And um, thanks again, Tasha. Put a shirt on or don't. Doesn't matter. And uh, <laughs> stay, stay in touch, folks. We appreciate you guys. Bye, everybody. Bye.